Hey everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Athlete Ready Global Podcast. I am your host, Jared Saavedra. Today I have a very special guest. His name is Joshua Pavone, out here in Atlanta, Georgia. Great coach, great human being. We get deep and we get deep right away into his story on how and why he became a strength conditioning coach and kind of all the events that led up to that. Hope you all enjoy. Any uh, notes on the on the episode will be in the link. So yeah, let's go. Coach Joshua, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to join the podcast, man. How's it going? Dude, super excited, man. I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, better than I deserve. Focused but not finished. How about you, brother? I like that. Doing well, man. Doing well. Uh, so for the listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about your background, man. Uh, yeah, sure, man. Um, so I am uh, I'm, I'm originally from uh, Long Island, New York. I am the youngest of four siblings. I um, have two brothers and one sister. Uh, growing up for me, I uh, was a very involved in sports. I loved playing sports, played soccer and played basketball. Um, and my dad had me in some mixed martial arts like karate and taekwondo and things of that nature. Um, you know, so that was always fun to me. But I, I grew up, you know, um, kind of on the heavier side. So at a very early age, I dealt with uh, self-esteem issues. And, um, and, you know, that quickly tra- transpired into depression and, you know, depression then grew into, you know, having those suicidal thoughts very, very early, um, on in my, in my, in my kind of my teenage years. And, you know, I think a lot of that, you know, uh, inspired me to, to kind of do what I'm do, I do today because, you know, moving from Long Island to, to Georgia, I had a had a coach who, a physical education teacher, and a coach as well, who, you know, really really inspired me. Didn't even know what I was going through all that time, you know. And I I was, I, I just like, you know, if you've ever dealt with depression or suicidal thoughts or anything like that, you, know, you don't want to talk talk to anybody about it. You don't really feel like you have some someone to talk to, and that's how I felt. So. Like I ever told anyone, I told my family, I told my friends, and I just like felt like it would go away at some point, and obviously it didn't. But just having that coach, you know, speak to me every day and spend time with me, and just like she was really encouraging, and 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 just really knew how to how to uh, to really just like help me through a lot of the things that I was going through. I remember her saying, um, "What's that? What's that say the thing?" What's that coach's name? Give coach, a shout-out. Yeah, Coach Tracy Tipton. She actually happened to coach uh, Maya Moore. Uh, she was a basketball coach at um, Collinsville High School. And, you know, I have to thank her because I don't even think she, she knew the, the tremendous impact she made on my life. But I remember her saying these very words actually has been the, 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 the mantra of what I do what I do today. And she said, um, the decisions you make today will determine the stories you tell tomorrow. And in my 10th grade year, going to my 11th grade year, you know, I, again, like I said earlier, I was, like, dealing with, like, self-esteem issues. I was always, like, on the big side. I played sports and all that, but I just dealt with, like, overweight issues. And and when she said that in 10th grade, I was like, I got to make a difference. I got to change. I want my story to be different. 
And my 10th grade year going to my 11th grade year, I decided to lose weight. I decided I wanted to lose. I didn't care how I was going to do it. I was going to lose weight. So that's when I started lifting weights. And uh, Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Was was the way you felt kind of a a reflection of how other people treated you, or is it something just kind of inside of you? Um, You know what, Jay? That's a a great question because, you know, a part of that was I got bullied a lot when I was a kid. And I got bullied a lot because of my weight. Um, And I think bullying, I despise bullying because of how much I dealt with it growing up in York. And, you know, if you know anyone from New York, like, like, has anyone, you know, like New York, you know, the area I grew up in, it wasn't the best. And so kids would try to do anything they could to try to get under your skin. And, and, you know, it was always, I was, I was always an easy target for, because of my of, of being fat, right? So, yeah, I think I think being bullied was the biggest biggest reason um, why that dealt why I dealt with those suicidal thoughts because I felt like there was no one around to help me, and I just like wanted to take my life away because I thought that would be that would end all the pain that I was dealing with at that time. So what, you know what, what would you what would you tell kids, especially nowadays? I mean, bullying, all these kind of things are are, are a big issue. And I mean, bullying has been around for a very very long time. It just seems like it's a little bit more kind of out in the forefront because of social media and the news and the whatnot. What would you either tell those kids or you know parents or you know I mean, most of our listeners are, are coaches. What would you um, you know tell them about you know uh, your situation and how they help someone that was in your situation at the time? Yeah, um, I would say that, uh, one, number one, if you're a kid dealing with that, uh, you're not alone. There are so many people who are in the same position as you, and and so you're not alone. And that's, some, that's the biggest thing. Is like People who are who go through those suicidal thoughts and are depressed, and they often think that they have to carry that burden alone, and they don't. They often think that no one else can help them, and... And there's no solution, but there is. And so that's number one is you're not alone. And there are other people who have dealt with the same thing and maybe have gone through it that can help you through that pain or that suffering that you're going through at that time of your life. Uh, number two, for the coaches who are dealing with the, some of these kids that maybe sometimes I may not even know, just be open to asking questions. Be open to investigating and being curious about the kids you're dealing with. Really? Knowing about their, their life, you know, it's it's bigger than the sports, it's bigger than the weight room, it's bigger than that. I think life is about people. It's about really getting to know them and caring about them, and that's what that coach did for me. It's just it was just like bigger than all the the, the X and O's and of uh, the school stuff. It's like, hey, like tell me more about your life, tell me about your, your your family, tell me more about what you like to do, you know, what inspires you about life. And I think those things. It just showed me that someone cares. Someone is there and someone's available to help me through it. And that coach didn't quite know that they were making a massive, massive impact on my life by the way that they they care for me. Right. It's the biggest thing. It's just it's just and ask questions, care for your athletes and your clients, um, your students and um and really, really um uh, Find find ways where you can can help help get more out of that. You know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's perfect. So, what made you find strength conditioning as like a vehicle to to impact people 
I mean, I know you, you know, work with a lot of men. Your focus is yeah. on kind of like middle-aged men, essentially. Um, yeah. What, what brought that up? What brought that up? Again, man, so it started, remember, I told you, in 10th grade, right? I had three months. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to commit to losing as much weight as I could. So um, my tenth, getting out of my 10th grade year after my, my coach had told me those very words, I started to put, I was like, man, I want to make a change. I want to make a difference. So I started working out, um, you know, going to my, uh, like that summer, uh, going to my 11th grade year. And I ended up losing like 70 pounds. I was working out seven days a week. I was running. I was working out in my apartment gym. Uh, I told my mom, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to eat this way. I want to eat healthy and all that. And I, so I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was probably overtraining, to be honest with you. And I was probably like, not doing things right, but I was like so committed to making a change and making an impact in my life. And going to my 11th grade year, man, like I felt so much more confident. I lost all that weight. I started really, really feeling good about myself. And I was like, man, like I, I want to I wanna help people. I want to help people do the same thing that I did. And I want to I try to do it through fitness. And I want to try to do it through the weight room and strength and conditioning. So that's where that was born out of. And I wanted to go to school to learn more about this. And I was, I was really intrigued by the human anatomy and the body and the physiology of the body and what it could do. And, you know, I, I, I was, I just, I made a commitment. I made, I made a change. Um, but it, ha- it started with a decision within my mind. And I think that is what a lot of people struggle with today, especially the guys that I deal with is, is the mindset part of it. So, you know, that's what I do what I do today. But B1B Performance is 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 my company. And, you know, I deal with primarily middle-aged men, but I've coached every level of sports, um, you know, youth athletes to professional athletes to, you know, working with at Exos with you, with special ops, military, and everything in between that I've worked with. And, you know, training, I've, I've, I've gotten to – understand, you know, my kind of my target market and who, I've, who I want to work with. But I work with, uh, you know, middle-aged men now. And, uh, you know, my, the simple mission of our company is to power middle-aged men to live a healthier, fit, and more sustainable lifestyle through, you know, reflective communities, accountability, which I think is huge for guys, and, and competition. We all need it as men. And, you know, we like competition. We like being in an environment where we're with other guys and they're, they're holding us accountable and we can kind of compete against them. So a lot of that is through my, you know, my semi-private groups that we have available. So, um, but I'm, I'm based out of, in, in Atlanta, Georgia, man. And, you know, I am super excited to, to be able to, uh, have launched my company. Um, you know, I kind of revamped some things. It was called a different thing before, but earlier this year is where I changed the name and, kind of understood kind of what the target market that I really wanted to work with just after working with so many different types of populations. Um, I just felt like this was a good niche for me to, 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 to kind of call the, you know, build I, off I, of you that. Definitely excel in this. You definitely excel in this. So for, for the listeners and subscribers, so, I mean, I've known Josh for a while now and it's, it's really cool to see him at work. He is one of the most dedicated coaches to his craft. It's really interesting to see, you know, he's a, you know, fairly, Young guy, and you know, get his clients, his middle uh, middle aged men, you know, CEOs of huge companies, and it's really interesting to see the way they look up to Josh as a leader in the community, in the gym, 
um, it's really, really cool to see. Um, you know, these, these people go through, you know, the high levels of stress with uh, the work environment that they have, and a, a big release and a big uh, stress release is coming to see Joshua, and I think that's just really, really cool. Um, other thing that he mentions in there that he, you know, worked at the professional level, he was the, the head strength coach for the Atlanta Dream, which is a WNBA team, and, you know, he had to make some hard decisions along the way and deciding if you wanted to go in the private sector or continue to stay in the team setting. Can you tell them a little bit about what swayed your decision to go to the, the private sector and, and kind of how you uh, judge that decision? Yeah, you know, I um, I always wanted to be a transition coach in the collegiate setting. Um, you know, like I said earlier, this whole dream started. This, the passion uh, grew in my 10th year of, of, of high school. I would say my like my purpose, right? Um, but I I was really really inspired to um, you know at 18 years old to to start training out of, out of school and for free. You know I was working at different gyms at school. I was I was volunteering at different schools for strength and conditioning, and I really wanted to be strength coach in college because I was like, man, this is cool, you know. Like you know I, I may be able to play the sport. I'm pretty good at sports, but I may not be able to play, but I can actually train these athletes to to be able to uh, be the best at their school. And so after going to Exos and, and, and seeing a different different kind of uh, world of the, of the pride world and and seeing that, like, man, this, this, this is different than being in the collegiate or professional setting, right? Because to be quite frank, I, I was able to, to see a lot of coaches that, you know, were in the collegiate or professional setting, but they were getting fired because maybe a team wasn't wasn't uh, producing and they weren't doing well, and so the whole coaching staff got fired. And you know, and I and I, I saw a lot of um, athletic trainers and and, and strength conditioning coaches like on their second and third marriage. And I wasn't married, and yeah, you know, I wasn't married at the time. But I was like, no, nah, I don't want that. Like, and a lot of them because they're always on the road and 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 they're always working and they don't have time for family and explore and travel and do things. It create a lifestyle for them that, you know, maybe they, they never thought of. And so my, my thought process changed when I was at Exos to like, man, like I want to explore more of the private world because I want to see what this is about. And so, um, I wanted to, I, I, that's what I did. And so I went into the private sector after the Exos and it was all great. Um, but then I got some opportunities through relationships that I had built to, to train in the, in the professional, uh, setting. And I did. And that was great. I had a great time doing it. Um, and I didn't get fired. Uh, I got, actually got asked to come back the next year. But I just did, I just, I saw the amount of time that I had to spend and, you know, and, and it, it, like I wanted, I wanted to control my own time. I wanted to, to control how much I could make. And so that's what caused me to go back into the, into the, in the private sector. But I love the pro sector because I learned so much about being adaptable and, and being able to, uh, train these professional athletes in a way where, you know, you, you have to sort of understand each, each person you're dealing with and, and, and all the different, uh, egos and personalities and the coaching staff. And so I, I learned so much at an early age doing that. And I was one of the youngest strength coaches in the, in the WNBA at the time as well. And, um, but I, the biggest thing that I, that I, that I, I loved about the transition was the process of, suffering, the process of like, like building something, knowing that like, Hey, look, I decided to leave this from this comfort of getting paid 
but not knowing if my my job would be there the following season, right? Like that, I don't like the, the thought of like someone controlling my destiny. So that's what led me to the proxy, thinking, look, I'm going to control this. I'm going to put in the work to create what I want. And 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 quite frankly, the private sector has does, done that for me. I've been able to create a lifestyle that I want. I've been able to create a dream that I want. And to be able to create the type of business that I want, the people that I want to work with. And, you know, it's not for everybody, but um, I feel like it's for me. And I've been able to explore other things outside of just the strength conditioning side of things and for my clients, you know. And I, you and I talk about that all the time, right, Jay? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, and this is something that I really respect of you, and we talk about quite often is, is you know, developing, you know, different uh, income streams and stuff like that. You know, and this is why I think it's cool that you've gotten into the, some of the things that you have um, with real estate. And, I mean, you know, uh, feel free to talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, for me, man, I've always been intrigued with real estate. Um, you know, one of the first books my dad had given me, because my dad was in real estate as well, and it's several real estate properies, um, was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't read the book. I had it, like, sitting on my, you know, my, my counter there in my bedroom and um, my doctor, and, and, and I just didn't read it. But then one day I just decided to read the book because my dad would always be like, I didn't read that book yet. And I, and I was like, no, I haven't. And, but then I finally decided, and I was like, wow, this book is amazing. It talks about, like, just this, the the process of one one thought process and the other thought process, like working for someone else and then working for yourself. And, and like, I don't know, there was something about that book that just really opened my eyes to see life a little bit different, the entrepreneurship route and owning something and, and investing your money and, 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 and things and other things that maybe, you know, that could create more streams of revenue for you, right? I love how, uh, Warren, you know, Warren Buffett says, you know, you should have five to seven different stream revenue coming in, right? In case one just, like, falls. And so the second book my dad gave me was Think and Grow Rich um, by Napoleon Hill. And I think that, like, that was what led me to discover more about real estate. But I didn't I didn't really, like, pay attention to it until later on um, after college. I started learning more about it. I was really intrigued by it, like, learning about, you know, Grant, what Grant Cardone does and, learning about multi-level housing, section, you know, class C, apartment complexes. That's what one of my friends, uh, one of my best friends does. And so I started getting involved in that. And, and right now, you know, I'm involved in a little bit of that right now, trying to get my feet wet and learn more about it and invest in that type of stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I'm looking at things a little bit more than just um, stress and conditioning, which I love what I do. I love coaching. Um, but... I, I love I love real estate, and I think real estate is something that's always will always be around. And you look at the wealthy people; um, they all have real estate properties. And right. so, one thing for me is I'm looking at okay, what are all these people doing, and what can I learn from them? And so, if real estate is one of the things that they all have, most of them, then I want to I want to figure out how to do it. I want to figure out why. So I've always been curious about it, and. And having my dad there to kind of like guide me through it and, and give me advice. We have freaking hours of conversation about real estate. And the other day, he just sent me something else about real estate, and I just loved it. Like, you know, he still does it to this day. Um, so I love real estate. Um, but on another topic, like real estate is not the only way 
to create more revenue, which I love real estate. You and I talk about, you know, this whole um, just world is changing, the technology world. Like, trend coaches is, if you're not on the, in the tech world, uh, adding value to your clients by either, you know, uh, get online platform to deliver better services to your clients, then you're, you're going to be left behind. And so another way for me and you, you, you know, we talk about like being able to travel anywhere and then having, you know, our clients, uh, where we can be, we can be mobile and we can have, you know, 20, 30, 40 clients on our online platform and we can still be getting paid for that while we're traveling or vice versa. If we're, if our clients are traveling, how do we make sure we're not losing that revenue? And right. so that's what caused, you know, we talk about it all times, like thinking outside the box a little bit, you know, mastering what you have inside the box, but also thinking outside the box is important. And it's curious to see what else can I do to create more streams of revenue for me and my family because I'm married and I want to have kids and I want to create a, a, a future for them. And it's not going to happen by me just training um, 60 hours a week. And it's not, that's, not, well, that's not what I want. That's not my dreams. So, you know, no, that's, you, that's you what... Brother. Yeah, no, you brought up some great points there. I mean, so what kind of advice uh, or a big nugget would you give, like, a young coach? I mean, that 22 to 24-year-old that just came straight from college, um, I mean, yeah, so, you know, getting a, an online presence, online impact, uh, and kind of dabbing in different things. What is, what's some other advice that you would give, you know, that person, you know, yourself 10 years ago yeah. that you would have to That would have you, I mean, it, you'd be even further than you are right now you would have known some of these nuggets. What, what, what? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um, number one, uh, what I would say is you've got to know thyself. I forgot who's that, but I'm sort of a lot of philosophers out there who, who are talking about that. I think Aristotle said something about knowing yourself, right? And, but that's something that's, that's very basic but very powerful. You've got to know your identity. You've got to know who you are. You gotta know what your strengths are. You gotta know what your what your purpose is. When you know what your purpose is and all this, and you have a vision for where you want to take your life, then I think that begins to give you the the path towards your destiny. So I think first and foremost is is, is figuring out like what do you what lifestyle do you want to take? Perfect. What do you want this end goal to be? If you're 50, if you're 60, I like call it the rocking chair test, right? Tony Robbins said, you know, uh, he, he called it the rocking chair test. So like, at the end of your life, when you're like 80 years old, rocking in your chair, I want you to think about how did your life look? Did you regret anything you did? And are you really satisfied with everything you did in your life? Or are there some things that you really regret? And I think a lot of people, they just like go through life not knowing where they're going. They have no vision, no direction. And, 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 and that's what allows them to not ever fulfill what they're supposed to be doing. And I think that that's what I would call, I, I would say to a young strength coach is like, know what you do, know what you want to do and don't start thinking about it after college. You need, you need to start thinking about this when you're freaking, before college, start, because cause that's going to that's gonna put you so far ahead of the game when you start thinking about, like, whoa, what is, what is the end goal for me? What, do I, what impact do I want to make? And what legacy do I want to leave behind? And I think when, they, when you start thinking about those things and reflecting on that and asking yourself, what, what am I good at? What are my strengths? Right? 
What, what am I passionate about? And when you start doing that, then that'll start in some framework around the direction that you could be taking. You're going to spend so much time and then when you were never passionate about it to begin with. Right. And I think that's what I did early on, right there, like, but I had to, right? Like, one thing that really helped me, Jay, was that, like, I did a lot of free work. I volunteered a lot because I wanted to see who I wanted to work with. Right. And while it took a, a, a while, I mean, you know, I'm 29 now and started with only 18, right? But, it, I mean, some people don't know what they want to do still, and they're in their 40s or 50s, and they're in this field, and they don't, and that's 20 years of life for them. So it's like, I, I think they're like, you've got to put in some free work, you got to put in your time, Right? Don't expect anything. And, and, and I think when you do that, good things happen because people see that. And you gotta, and you gotta, and you gotta build relationships. I say that all the time. You gotta like build relationships and you can't burn any bridges. You gotta be friends with everybody, but just like be cordial and, 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 and be willing to serve people well and do great work. Right? Adding value, that's Adding value to other people's lives, other coaches' lives, uh, that goes a long way. Absolutely. And, and, as a, long I, I, and one more thing, Jay. As a young strength coach, remember this, is that leadership is not your title or position. It's your influence. That's, that's what leadership is about. So if you want to lead other people, if you want to, if you want to, oh, I want to, I want to be the D1 Sun coach on Alabama. Uh, okay, that's not going to happen overnight. You got to freaking put in work, put in free work, put in the time, go out there and build some influence by you doing things and people seeing that. And then eventually, when you build that influence, people are going to know you. They're going to know what you do. And so, too too often with Sun coaches, they want to, I want to work for Africa. I want to work for Pro Africa. No, okay, that's great. But to be quite honest with you, there's only four percent in the world who are working with the elite athletes in the world, and the rest of it's young population, right? All right? And so, you're like that—that's all. Piece, it's not a piece of food working with professional athletes. It's cool. It's fun. And I mean, it definitely puts some stuff in your resume and makes it good. But it's not the end all be all. You can do great work with rigorous people, right? Who probably have greater impact and influence because of. What they do. Maybe they, maybe they run a company. Maybe they run several companies. Or maybe they're a lawyer. Or they're a doctor. Or maybe they are just a regular person who works an everyday job. And nine to five That's okay. It's just figuring out who you want to work with. And then, like, and, and, and try to, very early in your career, try to work with a whole bunch of people. And then figure out, like, oh, okay, I actually don't really like working with athletes. I kind of like working with moms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that's some some stuff some nuggets I would say. Yeah, no, we're I'm gonna have you on the the podcast several times, man. You you deliver some some good nuggets, especially for young coaches kind of in this in this field and career. And that's like a big reason you know that we're developing this podcast is to help the that next generation of coaches for sure. Uh, man, I appreciate you a ton, man. Um, before we leave though, uh, yes, and again I'm gonna have you on several podcasts. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some some questions. I want you to answer them uh, to the best of your ability, uh, just to have a little fun at the end. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You down? Absolutely, man. All right, absolutely. All right. all right, man. So for the young strength coach, I want you to name a podcast outside of strength conditioning that coaches and trainers should listen to. I mean, you you mentioned I don't know how many names within 
this podcast of people in different industries, um, what would you suggest to those coaches? Um, I would definitely listen to the uh, Craig Ballon podcast. You and I talk about on a lot, but that's a great one because um, it's, it's, it's about business, about learning how to think outside the box to just, you know, how to market yourself, how to, um, how to, how to think about real estate, how to, how to invest. So that's a great one there. Um, Craig Valentine. There's several. I mean, but you said one, so I'm going to sit down. Craig Valentine. Awesome. All right, name, a, name an entrepreneur or coach that I should have on the podcast. Entrepreneurship uh, or coaches on the podcast. You know, um, that is always the tough one. Um, I would definitely have uh, Nick Garrity. Nick Garrity. Yeah, great guy. Great guy out of Atlanta, Georgia as well. Yep. Um, I got to get Nick on. Um, best book you've read? The best book I've read this year. How was it? Atomic Habits. Uh, yeah, Atomic Habits Tom by Habits. Uh, James Clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Joshua, man, I appreciate you so much. It, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people writing in and, and uh, sending some messages about how to contact you. Can you tell them how to best contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you guys can contact me uh, via Instagram, IG, at uh, Coach underscore Joshua underscore Pavone. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Josh Pavone, or on Facebook. I'm mainly on Facebook right now, but also on TikTok, which we'll talk about that probably on next podcast about yeah. looking at other platforms. But TikTok, um, you can find me in there as well. Um, before we go, though, I do want to say this, Jay, for the listeners and, and all the people um, that know Jared, man, this guy is the stuff. I love Jared. I've known Jared for so long. He's an amazing, amazing coach, but he's more importantly an amazing friend and a brother to me. So if you guys know him, make sure you get to know him, man. Jared is an amazing guy. He's always been a guy of character. And I believe that ability takes you to the top, but it's character that keeps you there. And Jared has a character. He has a character to do to, to do great work and to lead uh, people to uh, something bigger than themselves. So, Jerry, thanks so much for everything. Man, uh, I appreciate that. And thank I you for this field that. you, uh, the impact you made in our field. Appreciate it, man. That, that means a lot coming from the GOAT, man. And to the <laughs> listeners, uh, yeah, we, we mess around with Josh a lot. We call him the GOAT. Uh, we just love his stuff. We love the information he puts out, um, the content. He's just a good person, a good husband, all the above. Um, so make sure if you have any questions for him, again, I'm going to have him on, on here several times. Uh, to get a little bit more background with him. But, uh, man, if there's anything else, man, I appreciate your time. We will be in touch, brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah, have a good one, man. Thanks again. All right, brother. We'll talk soon. Hey, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it and subscribe to the podcast. We will continue to share the stories of coaches and trainers around the world as well as other entrepreneurs that our industry can learn from to make ours better. Thank you so much for the support. See you next time.